Mic check, mic check. Here we go. Hi, I'm Greg, and I have a dad bod. Well, not in a traditional sense. In fact, before having my son, I promised myself to maintain my fitness even through my journey as a father. And not just my physical fitness, but mentally, fiscally, emotionally, and spiritually. I swore to myself that I would always strive to be my best self. And not just for myself, but for my little guy and for my growing family. This conversation is focused on that journey and the ways in which we as parents can not only get fit and maintain it, but thrive. We're not dead. We're just dads. And it's not over. Join me. Let's redefine the idea of fitness. Let's get dad fit here on the Dad Fit Podcast. I train now for life, right? It was like, yo, before I'm training for ball. Like, what? why else would I be doing all of this? Like, today for like a competitive reason. But now I just redirected that energy. And I always believe in energy. Like that same energy I put in the ball, I could, if I put it to anything else, I should be okay. That was CRNA Deji Babalola talking about how his life's work has impacted his fitness journey. As a collegiate athlete, his idea of fitness was mostly influenced by his ability to perform on the basketball court. But now, as a father of a two-year-old and as a registered nurse, currently working on the front lines during this pandemic, Deji's fitness aims are more purpose-driven, seeking workouts that feed both his competitive nature and his desire to maintain flexibility to play with his son after enduring brutal 24-hour shifts at the hospital. I could not imagine working in a hospital right now. Oddly enough, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor. But hearing stories of the work that's happening in hospitals right now is chilling, to say the least. As a new father, so much of what I think about is influenced by what would happen to my son if. Even getting sick, which I didn't worry too much about in the past, is now a big deal because I don't want to be the reason Gavin gets sick. Ten months in, and he had a fever once, and his mother and I almost didn't make it. Stressed out, calling the doctor, using three different thermometers, each of them giving us three different readings, and though I don't like the idea of it, his mother only trusted the rectal thermometer. Sorry about that, Gav. But being in that environment daily has to take a different kind of bravery. It has to take a different kind of selflessness and a whole lot of grit. I believe we all have superpowers we can access, and nurses like Deji are accessing them on the highest levels right now, and I'm extremely thankful. I saw a story on the news the other day, and it was pretty jarring. Political activist and street artist Banksy who is known for his anonymous paintings that often go up on the sides of buildings in the middle of the night, did something special for a hospital in South London. He gifted the staff with a piece that depicts a little boy playing with a nurse superhero doll, while Batman and Spider-Man were left behind. You can see the image on his Instagram page, captioned with the words, Game Changer. Game Changer? For sure. Superheroes? Definitely. And I'm excited to share my interview with one of those superheroes with you. When I started looking at, uh, you know, one, getting older, that, you know, that's definitely just a part of the conversation. And then becoming a father, that was like 
avenue too. Like just the those two things, how they align. First, as you get older, your priorities start to change. And then you add the responsibility of becoming a dad. Those priorities start to change like tenfold from there. But the but the people who like I, I give extra credit right now to the people who still figure out how to maintain themselves and their dreams. I think there's like a propensity for people to just kind of almost I don't say give up, but like so much self-sacrifice for their child that they forget about their needs. And that's, that worried me a lot. Like that was one of the things I was always worried about. Like, oh, I still want to be me. I still have dreams. There's still things I want to go after. So I don't want to lose myself in the pursuit of trying to be, you know, the best parent. So that's one of the things I still see with you. You still, I still love the involvement I see with you and your wife and your son. And then I still see you taking care of, all these extra things too that make that like that add to value to what you're, you know, just to what yeah. you're doing, man. So I think that's all dope, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. I, I, I felt the same sentiment um, when I had my, my son and we're, we're, we're obviously of the same age and kind of doing these transitions at the same time. And that was very important to me. Like, yo, I mean, I got to stay healthy for my family. Like I can't afford to like not, be active and everything like that. And I never, like your fears are similar. I never want to be that father just sitting in a chair, just pointing at the kids like, go on boy, go on girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. have a good time out there. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. No, I, I, I yeah. that's just wasn't a part of my agenda at all. I feared that yeah. like wholeheartedly. Yeah. So I was just like, I got to stay active. You know what I'm saying? And that Peloton, you, you know, you see me on the Peloton heavy and that saved me a a lot because it's so convenient. It's so convenient. Okay, well, well, that's a that's a perfect starting point. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the Peloton. So when I got the Peloton, it was literally my wife. My wife was like, "We're getting married. I don't mind going to the gym, but this Peloton would be a good idea because I like spin." She doesn't really enjoy the gym environment, right? So she likes exercising but doesn't like the gym environment she's a swimmer she likes to swim she'll do laps for hours but in the gym she's you know the intimidation you got to deal with people you know if it's a class you got to sign up and how many people going to be in there and all she would much rather have it at home so we bought it expensive as it was um and then i was souped to hear that you got into spin too because i don't feel like there's a lot of black people doing all of the spin stuff either right, right? so that was dope to see and now you're you're like peloton master right now i don't know right about now. that i don't know about <laughs> So I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a little backstory generally. Like, you know, me and you went to college together, undergrad, yep. the college in New Jersey. I played mm-hmm. basketball there. I played basketball in high school. Yep. That was just my thing. That was my life up to that point. And yeah. then my second year, I stopped playing. Um, it was mainly for academic reasons. And also, it just, I needed to move forward in life in terms of just what was after that. Because I wasn't on scholarship. It was fun, but it was just like the value it was just wasn't there at the time. And I still loved it. It was bittersweet. And also I come to find out I was having a lot of back pain back then. And now in retrospect, I figured out what happened. I believe Mm. I had some hip issues back then that was left undiagnosed. So fast Mm. forward 10 years later, like maybe even five, maybe I want to say after college, maybe seven, five, six years later, I started having this hip pain and I'm like, what's that going on? And then it got worse. So I ended up realizing I had this hip arthritis. I have these arthritic hips and the doctors asked me all these questions about how I was raised. And as wow. a kid, I was bow legged. Yeah. Back pain. I'm like, yeah, I think this has been an ongoing issue. 
So I couldn't yeah. run no more. I used to run. I used to play basketball. I used to do all these things even after college. And I had a little moment where I wasn't playing anymore because I was so bitter from not hooping um, in the college. But I ended up running and yeah. doing all these things again. It got That's when I realized I had the hip issue. So when Peloton came in my life, I was like, yo, this is everything. Because I was doing spin before that. Because I remember we did spin that one time together. You yep. When I first, first got certified. First started, yeah. started yeah. before pre-easy work, right? So pre-easy <laughs> work. So I remember doing spin at LA Fitness. And I moved around a lot, as you know, because of work and just life. Yep. yep. So Peloton was in my house. And I just embraced it wholeheartedly. It was almost like a godsend because yeah. I was low impact, you know? It was impact. Yeah. I had this kid. Yep. It was in the house. It was perfect. So that was kind of the backstory and why I embraced Peloton so much was because I love cardio. Like I ran cross country in high school. I played basketball. Those were kind of like my two things. And one reason I did cross country was against you for basketball. So yeah. Anyway. Same thing. I, I played. I ran for in high school, and then I did it so that I could play ball. Um, and then it worked out for me that way, but I never, I never was good enough to make it to <laughs> to college ball. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you went to that prep school, so I'm sure you, that, that was some yeah. animals on the team, and it was, it was probably yeah, another yeah. level. It was probably like college level already. So, so anyway, yeah. I um, embraced Peloton wholeheartedly, man. I love that thing. So that was kind of like the the whole thing with the whole with the whole working out, but with like nutrition, I'm a registered nurse. So it was maybe around 2008, 2009. I was working in the ICU in Maryland. And then I noticed Maryland, D.C., you know, D.C.'s culture is like very pro-fitness. Everyone's kind of like upper education for the most part. Everyone's like all about working out. So it kind of rubbed off on me. So that was one takeaway of like just surrounding yourself around those people. And then I would see the flip side of just a lack of nutrition, right? Working in the um, hospital. Mm. So you seeing it, you seeing it firsthand, right? You you're experiencing life as someone who's active and you're actively participating, but then you're also seeing what it's like for the people who like the benefits of or the the detriment exactly. of not doing it. Firsthand. And I can see it yeah. like I mean, you're talking about people the same age, right? You're talking people in their forties, forty five, and I will see people come and visit and family members or just leaving work. I'll meet other people of that age, and I'm seeing like this person in the ICU. On car, like cardiac failure, COPD, like diabetes. And this person at the same age is thriving, running, 5Ks, swimming. The, their whole aura is different in general. Their well-being, their mental. I was like, yo, I got to, there's a crossroad now. Like, I got to decide like how I want to live life because there's obviously two different ways to live life or at least outcomes I'm seeing. So that's kind of woke me up. And I was ever since then, I was like, I got to get my food right and stuff. And the food journey is yeah. very challenging for everyone because they got their own, um, their own, uh, I guess, things that they crave and things they can't resist or are difficult to resist. So I don't know. That's kind of been my thing. So that's why now I just always post about just on my Instagram, Facebook, just like what I'm doing and um, health and then. And everything's full circle, man. Everything's full circle. I think I think that's underappreciated too. It's it's a weird thing. Like there's a there's such a there can be such a big conversation about how negative social media can be, right? So it depends on what you follow. I think it's just like what you eat. So what you ingest, like food wise, is also the same thing as what you ingest, like what you watch, what you pay attention to, what books you read, all that stuff. So even in when you post, 
you you may not know how much of that's an inspiration to somebody who doesn't understand, right? Then the stuff you do is like simple simple stuff, but it's just choosing this versus that or eating this and not eating this or using less of this versus that. And for somebody who's not of this country, right? Our families come from different places. I'm from Haiti. Your family's African. Some of those things don't match up the same, right? Like right now I'm having a hard time counting calories because if my mom cooks it, it's it's different, right? Rice and beans is different from rice and beans, you know, when when I scan it on the back of a nutrition thing. So it's just figuring out how to make the differences or pay attention to the differences in there. So th- that nutrition portion of it is is a big part. So you so you come from a space of being active just like for fun, right? Um, and then it switched over to recognizing that there's two sides of this coin to live and you want to be active more for life. And then you become a dad. And how does that impact that same kind of you know, value system. It just ignites it even more. It even it just emphasizes everything even more. And I and I thought in my head like, wow, I didn't have like our 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 parent generation had kids in their early twenties, you know, maybe mm-hmm. 25, 26, whatever. But we're we're of a generation where we have kids later. So it just ignited the efforts even more. And how so? How um, so? Just just for longevity. I just I I train mm-hmm. now for life, right? It was like, you know, before I'm training for ball, like what, why else would I be doing all of this? If it ain't for like a competitive reason, but now I just redirected that energy. And I always believe in energy, like that same energy I put in the ball, I could, if I put it to anything else, I should be okay. So I just redirected it towards training for my life. And that included my family and that included my occupation. So like you, I told you, I'm a nurse and back injuries is a very prevalent injury of nurses and stuff like that. It work in bedside patient care. Ah, uh, because of all of the, yeah, no I have, a, well, yeah, yeah. That's where, you know, so much, I have so many family that are working in hospitals right now um, in this time and before. And I hear that all the time. It's feet, it's knees. It's, it's like, it's like athletes. It's the same injuries you hear from athletes as the same injuries that you hear from, um, from registered nurses. So that, that's an interesting correlation. So part of what you're doing also is combating that and giving you the space to con- kind of continue to be uh, the best dad exactly. you can be. I think now the more I talk yeah. to you about it, the more I realize a lot of these things are just purpose driven. And I think, like you said, the people you follow, like the purpose behind it, like what are, are they following? Do, they, do you share a vision or values? And a lot of this is purpose, man. And I think that's what motivates me. Like I've noticed a difference carrying the baby around, like you're back, and all tired and everything now. Yeah, I've worked yep. on my core, so I work on core, right? So I'm like, I work on my core, and now I don't have that soreness and that tightness as much or whatever. So I try to apply training to what's going on in my life. You know what I mean? If you're and that, and that's everything, yoga, working out. If you look at all the things I'm like, I try to do as much as I can. Stretch, yoga. Yeah. I want to swim more, but after all this. <laughs> I'll community based <laughs> training. I don't know what you're it's gonna putting. look different. Yeah, it's gonna look different, man. It's I'm gonna look different. I'm telling you. I, I you know what's funny? I get so much from um instructing spin. Uh and one of the coolest things to me about it is that the the community that gets built from it. So not only am I a spin instructor, but I just gained, you know, hundred and twenty something friends and family members. Like literally these people, you know, in this time now, they check on me, we check on each other all that stuff, I'm going to be sad because that's going to be a long time away from getting back to the rooms where you get yeah. to do that. Um, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be finding different ways to do it and finding different expressions of it. So that, that'll that be definitely part of it. But right now, I'm telling you, like, 
when I'm what I'm seeing how you've switched from saying, okay, you want to swim, but you can't swim, so you're taking advantage of what you can. So eating better, right? And like being really good at good at that. And then doing more of these uh, more of these rides and challenges uh, from the Peloton. Who's your favorite instructor? You know, Peloton, uh, probably uh, it's gonna be either between Tunde and um Kendall, man. I like I like Ali Love, but Kendall's okay. stepping up to me now. Oh, uh, I was I was a Tunde became my favorite um, after she did a, a Burner Boy ride. That Burner Boy ride was the <laughs> that was it. And that one she didn't even like. She was just like, "Yo, this is just a party now. Just enjoy the music and let's ride." So I saved that when I've done that ride like three word, times. Word. Um, but but I enjoy it's it's hard too because as an instructor, getting in someone else's class, you're 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 like. It's weird because you're paying attention to how they're instructing as much as you're paying attention to like just just being in the ride so i'll be in a ride with one of them and i'm like what are they doing what how is it working are they are they talking too much are they talking too little so i try to find a balance but um but i'm a big tune day uh big on alex i've been to an alex live ride he's fun too um yeah so it's a i mean it's a couple of them but i enjoy and they got a new studio that no one's been in for the last two months which is crazy yeah that's been my thing so also i work and i work with um this brother that does outdoor cycling and it's like a whole bunch of i mean men of color I'm talking 10, 15, yeah. 20 guys. They yep. do the whole like tribe where one gets in the front and then the other one falls yep. to the back and they're fast. They're running 10, 30, 40 miles a day. And yeah. um, I, I'm yeah. that might be the next step for me. I don't know about these roads yet. I don't trust drivers, but I'm, if they do trails, I'm, I'm that probably be my next step. So the camaraderie, like you said, is very, very important. And now when we're all in our little bubbles, just with parenthood and, and, and work and we're moving up professionally, it's hard to find time. So to do anything socially out, I mean, now obviously we're home, but in the normal regimen of things, the, what you're describing, these cycling classes, these, just these, these groups of people that you just tribe that you built is very important to a, a, a balanced yep. life. And I, I really embrace Peloton, as cheesy as it is, the virtual yeah. part of it. And, you know, my sister, she's a physician. She works in the hospital. And the other day, I, I bother her. I'm like, yo, I'm riding. What's up? She got one. But she's very busy with two children and, a, and her job. And the other day, she texts me like, look, I just did your ride. You, you did so much more than me. I'm like, it doesn't matter. And she's like, can we do it Thursday morning? I'm like, welcome. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Think. It's listen, like I feel like I'm listen. slowly getting her into it, yep. and I think that is very yep. inspirational to me. That energy is reciprocated to me, and and encourages me as well. You did, you did that. You did the same thing for me because once I knew you were writing, even though I taught classes, so I teach classes four times a week. Even though I taught classes watching you get more and more rides on the peloton i'm like god it's getting so far i'm not doing any rides i wanted to make sure i did some personal ones in the last month i've been tracking your rides too so like if you do a ride i'll try to do that ride and kind of help let you help me keep pace which is which even just being able to do that is good and then now they just added the hashtag so you can be a part of groups like i think that's all all that stuff is real healthy like it's it's good to be able to have like those little options you know what i'm learning great i'm learning a sense of um unity and a sense of like a community is a lot of this mental right like yeah, you don't see yeah. These people. i don't know like i'm on this facebook group the, the black peloton riders and that's a whole movement i mean they're eight thousand deep yeah. and they're about it yeah. they're about this bike and it's like the yeah. energy is like there and i feel it and it's cheesy i don't know them 
but I'm on that. I'm, I'm racing. Like I literally see them yeah. climbing that board and I see me going back and forth with someone and we're literally high five each other. I'm like, high five. Like, right? Wow. Like I don't know any, <laughs> I don't know. I'm here by myself and I start a sense of community. Yep. So I value that a yep. lot. And I really encourage yeah. people to find something they like. Like I don't care if it's dancing. I don't care, you know, all this, anything. There's so many things you can do just to stay active. Even if it's just walking and running. Um, and also I want to, I want that to carry on to my family. So to get back to what you're saying about my parent being a father, which is obviously a big part of um, your platform and being fit. I want to pass that on as a legacy to my, my children, um, in the future. Like it's not just, it's not legacy. It's not just about passing down a, a, a retirement fund or, or money, passing legacies, passing yeah. down values, right? Like values that someone be my last name, my family. It, it 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 carries over to next person, so I don't I don't want them to see me just sitting around not being active. And I've been lucky enough to marry someone that shares that value, right? So it would be very difficult if she wasn't like that. She's cooking all this like Nigerian food, like you said. Where man, I seen them make jollof rice, and I seen that salt. I've seen oh like my a Niagara God. Falls drop of salt on the rice. Like as I was like, yo. We can't do it. So we find alternatives. I give a lot of props to my wife, like the overnight oats I was sending to you. And you sent me the same yep. exact stuff. I was like, yo, this is exactly what we're doing now. And it's like, he comes yep. up with a lot of it. So, man, it's, it's, um, it takes a, it's iron sharpens iron. And if you get that yeah. family buy-in with the, at least your partner, it changes, it changes everything. everything. It makes it so much easier. Like you get a plate of food and it's like vegetables and, like it's not a slice of pizza and let's just do takeout. Like that was a game changer in itself. Like brothers, like whoever's yeah. single, like you find people that share values with you. Like I know we all want someone that looks gorgeous. I get it. Like that's hard. And, and your wife is gorgeous. So you so you so you just won <laughs> all the way around. <laughs> oh man, I appreciate that, man. We both fortunate, man. We both have beautiful wives. Yeah, man. Yes. And yeah, you man. value that. I know you value that. We, and I just, I don't take yep. it for granted, man. So that's been a whole part of it. Because I could go, you go on that Peloton and still not really get any gains from it or lose weight and not reach your goals. Because if your food is all, like, it really is fun, but you're not going to see that change that you're really looking for. Yeah. So. I, I love that you said that, too, because I get the, this is the question I get from everyone who asks me when they say you have a Peloton. Is it worth it? Right. Like, so. My response. I'm going to ask you: Is it worth it? Sounds like it. Sounds like it is. But is it worth it? And what makes what makes you get the most it's out of it? It's worth it for me because, like I said, it's my main go-to cardio. And even if if I did Soul Cycle or any one of those clubs, if you do this thing two or times a day, or maybe once a day for maybe half a year, it probably pays itself back what you would have mm. paid for all those other clubs and classes. So yep. it's like a it's like the club fee in your house. So it's like, if you do the time into it, it pays back what you, it, it pays itself already. So it's like, yep. it's all there for you. Every class is on demand. So it's definitely worth it. And um, people see, people may not say it at first. They'll say you crazy for paying all that money. But you know, I compare to look, you buy a Louis bag for like 15 to K. Like that's a bag. That's the bike. <laughs> I mean, you feel better, but it's a yeah. bag. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like items. You know, we we love nice things when look fresh. Yeah. But I mean, it's put the same mindset into investing in yourself. I mean, it's mindset. Yeah. A lot of this is mindset. 
And I really hope definitely yeah. your platform, you definitely address a lot of the mindset. Like that 2000 is an investment in yourself. Like that is just yep. in itself is worth it. So. Yeah. And, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I appreciate, I'm telling you, I appreciate watching your, you push me. Like I get in a ride and I see that you took it and I'm like, God, I'm loafing. He, he was way ahead of this number. So I got to push harder. And that, that, you know, steel sharpens steel. Like you said, I want to talk about two okay. more things uh, just to make sure, just to make sure we cover them because you're doing something pretty awesome. Um, I watched your commercial for your tribal waves and you, you, you mentioned that, that idea that legacy is not just money that you leave behind, but also what your children get to see All you right. do. You're doing something amazing with this concept of tribal waves. Talk to me about tribal waves, where it came from, how you thought it up, where it's at now, all of that good I stuff. Let's plug it. That, man. Um, it's um so I work in the operating room. I'm a, a certified registered nurse anesthetist. So I'm like, I'm basically like an anesthesiologist. Let's call them the main pilot. I'm like the side pilot, right? Like I could ride the plane. But I'm basically um, serving as a supervised um, anesthesia provider. Um, so anyway, I do that. And if you notice a lot of people in operating room, you see it a lot now, but not as much before. You've seen with the scrub hats, because a lot of people now mm -hmm. got masks on, the little protection, so you see them wearing it more. But typically before, a lot of operating room surgical people would wear hats, right? Like headwear, occupational protective gear over the head so a lot of people mm -hmm. personalize it so anyway i noticed yep. there was no ethnic oriented like headgear for the operating room i was like yo this is whack like i'm nigerian like a lot of us in there of other countries like i want something to represent me and where i'm from so that's kind of where it all started so i was like we're going to start with scrub they call them scrub caps so I'm going to do okay. Afrocentric, ethnic, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, scrub caps. And the material in Africa, they call it Ankara. That's what that's the more formal term for it. So I was like, with wax cotton. I'm like, yo, we're going to get this done. So I found a wholesaler, a supplier that's made them. And then I was like, you know, always wanted a side business anyway. So we started a website and then we made some hats and we wanted to test the market first. So we did about a hundred hats, customized them, and we got a great mm -hmm. response. Like that was kind of like the vision. So the vision for Tribal Wave, the reason we came up with that name was I did a trip in Ghana for surgical missions. And so we did took care of people in Ghana. And I remember one day seeing a whole bunch of men fishing, right? They were fishing on, on Cape Coast of Africa and I was like, wow, look at that tribe. Like, like they like a tribe of men working together. And I remember the waves of the ocean. It was a very nostalgic moment for me. So I use that kind of to tie into the name because the vision for this is uh, bring people together of, of color, bring people together in a medical field that felt maybe isolated, maybe felt alone. Because a lot of us are in small percentages in these positions, right? There's maybe a couple of us. So I wanted something that could bring us together and to represent our background, right? Whether you're Caribbean, um, Af African diaspora, um, just an enthusiast, appreciate that culture. I wanted something to represent yep. that culture. And the vision, man, is, is also just to so, um, make it different things, different apparel, be a source of inspiration, yeah. be a source of content, yeah. what's happening in the in the field and things like that. But yep. I think these scrub cats are doing really well. Oh uh, man, we sold out. So what happened was COVID happened and everyone started yeah. buying them. 
And this wasn't surgical people. This is everyone in the hospital wants to cover their hair because they yeah. don't know if this thing yeah. simmering in the air or if it could violate. Yeah, them. or or yeah, the viral load would land in their hair. Exactly, yeah. the molecules. Would have, so yeah. we basically sold out. Like we sold out to the point where it was like, yeah, I'm waiting on a restock. So it's been unfortunate. Yep. Well, fortunate for Tribal Wave, it's been well as far as putting it out there. So. We're definitely yeah. planning to keep selling them, man. And we got a great response. Yep. People love it. Oh, big part of it is this. And this is a part that a lot of these big companies don't have, You could tell they don't represent us in a lot of ways. The inside of the hats are sat in line. And a lot of women of color uh, have hair that are natural uh, need. Tell them all the Moisturize. <laughs> you need that moisture in their hair. So yep. way we addressed yep. it. And they people are, are thanking us. Yeah, that's a big deal. That makes a big difference for a sister who's trying to keep her hair right and tight at work and still and you still should be able to do that. Right. Like your, if your hair does it, um, that makes a ton of sense. And I didn't even realize that part of it. So that makes it great. And I think there's so much room for growth in what you're talking about. There's going to be so many things that get exposed because of this time. And, and that's one of the things that you're seeing that gets exposed. Right. One, if it's comfortable, if it feels good and it protects you all of a sudden, the need for it, it raises and you get to take advantage of that. You just get you know you just said it there you're an essential worker so you're in the hospitals right now working um i want to say thanks for that how does that how is that affecting you right now as you're going in and out of the hospital coming home to your son how does that how is that affecting you in, in those yeah, spaces you know what um it's been very stressful especially initially uh worrying about bringing something home or it wasn't even about me it was like you know i could i have faith i'll get through it but i don't yeah. want to spread it that's the dilemma we're all faced with. And then the, the dilemma mainly is also, I got a job, right? I should be thankful. There's so many people furloughed. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to go in, but I need to be thankful to go in for a job. So you're kind of battling that too. So um, it's, it's interesting. So that was kind of the dilemma. But you know what? You push forward. It got me closer to my faith and that I have to be faithful and know that I will get through it. My family will get through it. And um, I think a part of me also was like, Deji, you're a nurse. Like you were, it was a calling for me. Um, when I, when we did undergrad, mm -hmm. I did finance. So that mm -hmm. kind of goes back to why I always see finance stuff for me. I guess that interest yeah, always been. Yeah, yeah. But I became a nurse to serve people, man. And I think now this is a great, this is a great opportunity to serve too. You can look at yep. this in yep. many, so many ways. And it's very, and this goes back to mindset. Like you can look at this in so many ways, like, it sets you back. You don't got a job. Like this might be an opportunity for something else. A crisis may lead to an opportunity. So for me, it was like, Deji, you still got to serve the people. I'll feel guilty being at home, not helping in some way. So I think that was kind of my final conclusion. It was like, Deji, you're here for a reason. God's got you. You're going to serve and you're going to be smart about it. You're not going to be in there doing no overtime. <laughs> you're not going yeah. <laughs> to be here all day. You're gonna do, yes, you're going to do what you can. You're going to do what you can. You're going to support. And then you're going to get home and wash yeah, up and take I'm care of take care in home, that garage yeah. and run in that bathroom. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. kind of my conclusion now. Like, this yeah. is what I was brought here to do. And um, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. This is the way things have been just as a country and just the way to handle yeah. some of it which is another topic for another day. But I know me, why I came here to do these things and yep. you know, I'm going to keep doing yep. it. And um, that's that's yeah. it. And I feel like my faith says God's going to honor that and I'll be okay. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Oh. 
I love it. So so something that uh, something one of our good friends and frat brothers of the members of Phi Beta Sigma uh, has started was the It's On Me Challenge for Essential Workers. Me and my wife, I knew I was going to talk to you today. Me and my wife want to buy you lunch as part of the It's oh, On Me man. Challenge. So hashtag It's On Me. We don't have to go to work because we don't commute. So we're taking some of our um, some of what we get to save and buying lunch for essential workers this week. One of your lunches oh, is man. on us. Um, so it's on me challenge. I appreciate everything you're doing. I appreciate you getting on here with me. I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions and then I'm going to let you go. Cause I know you got time to be with no, your son. Uh, Please give your son a shout out. Tell me, tell me what you want to tell me something about your son that you want to share right now. Let oh, the people man. know about you, uh, your, your son. Man. He's beautiful, man. I saw him taking his jump shot. You getting him ready for the sixes now. Geese, man. We just walked, we took a long, we, we took a long walk just now and he loves the geese. You can see it on, you know, I'll show you the video. People's chasing the, the little geese and ducks and all of that, and he got upset and he couldn't take it. So he he loves animals. He loves animals. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, financial financial literacy is important. How soon do you start financial literacy? How how early can you start sharing? You know your financial knowledge Man, with your son. That's an awesome question. I think uh, wow, I, that's a great great question. I'm going to start. I think right now with just the uh, just, just the, the 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 I think saving is like essential. Like you can't invest in nothing if you can't save, right? So saving mm. is a hot as a actual skill set, right? And some that mindset thing. So I'm gonna start with the big piggy bank and I'm gonna every time he gets something, I'm gonna say put the piggy bank and why we're doing yeah. it. And I'm gonna start from there so he could understand the thing of saving. And maybe later on you give him like a a a portion and then he's like, wow, look at all this I saved. So I'm thinking just that foundation on saving is probably my first my first thing. That's amazing. Uh, for all your for all your Caribbean African people who are going to buy a tribal wave, where can they oh, find yeah. it? Yeah, so websites www.tribalwave.shop, and we still have a few more hats left. We're waiting to restock on the hats. We do have masks. Um, people are giving us good reviews on the mask. And you could also follow us on at tribalwave underscore. So. You, at tribal wave underscore on all on all your socials yeah, absolutely appreciate that perfect man deji i appreciate you sitting with me for this time um you're an inspiration to me uh from what you are as a father what you are as a man i appreciate you being in my community we got more to grow so we'll continue to grow together i can't wait till we can ride together in the same room eventually someday uh, talk about a game changer Deji literally went from basing his fitness on being able to play a game to recognizing that his outlook on fitness wasn't a game at all. And faced with that reality, he takes his fitness more seriously than ever before. Mixing methods, eating cleaner, incorporating rest, and focusing on the purpose of each workout and how it can better his life and his relationship with his wife and son. One of the ways that Deji has been able to really attack his fitness goals has been through the use of his Peloton. And this isn't a spot for Peloton, but because I own one too, and I'm an instructor, I can speak to some of its benefits, especially now because of the stay-at-home status that we're all forced to live with. The Peloton is an impressive piece of machinery. It's attractively constructed. It's sleek with alarming pops of orange. Every visitor to my home has walked over to it and admired it. Designers knew exactly what they were doing. But what's more impressive to me is the ability of the platform to engage its audience. They have weekly, monthly, and annual challenges that just keep you riding. There's ability to track the progress of yourself and others, which helps if you're competitive. There's a plethora of different instructors, rides, different lengths, and varying difficulties, and even a just ride option that comes in handy if you really don't want to hear an instructor's voice. 
and they keep iterating, which is important. More recently, they just added hashtags that you can follow or start to build your own community. And if you're listening to this and you have a Peloton, join the dad fit group I just started and let's see what you got. But you don't need a Peloton to enjoy spinning. In fact, it's really expensive, and I believe that you can get just as much with a less expensive bike. And I have a few tips to offer, whether you're looking to start at home or to get in a studio in the near future. First, if you've never done this before, don't be afraid. It is just like riding a bike, except this bike doesn't move, which can take some of the stress off your mind. You shouldn't fall off one of these. But now that that fear is gone, here are five tips to get you started. Five, four, three, two, one. Most classes run 45 to 60 minutes and they're instructor led. The bikes work on a fixed gear, which means there's no coasting. You're pedaling the entire time. Your speed or your reps per minute are determined by your effort against the manual resistance that you can add or take away in attempts to simulate the resistance you might feel riding a bike on a flat road or up or downhill. You want to shop around. Every instructor and every studio has something different to offer. Try out as many as you can for free <laughs> before you decide whether spin is for you or it's not for you. Go on YouTube, type in spin class, see what's being offered. Check social media for instructors posting workouts or hosting live rides. Since we've been on lockdown, I've been hosting about two, two rides a week. Friends of the pod can come to me and find a free ride. Just hit me up on Greggy for Real Cycle on IG and I'll get you in. If you do though, get in early. Just as with anything you try for the first time, there's some things that you will need to get used to. There's bike setup, there's gears, there's instruction, etc., etc. A good instructor is gonna help you get set up, but you need to introduce yourself and you need to do that early. People who come late and then expect the class to stop so they can get instructor's help, they're just foul. They'll probably still help. And if I have to, I'll do it, but I'll be cursing you out in my head the whole time while I do. There's a bunch of spin bike setup tutorials on YouTube as well, so you can watch a few of those, try a ride, feel the difference, and stick with one that feels good for you. Drink water before, after, and during. Trust me, it's going to make you sweat. Take instruction. Do your best to follow along with the instructor. They are in charge of the workout, but ultimately, it's your ride. You're in charge of the effort. Go at your own pace and be open to instruction. Those rules apply at home or in a studio, but at home, there's more freedom. At home, you're the instructor. At home, you can get a great workout with just a little resistance, a great playlist, and the willingness to stay on the bike for about 40 minutes. Like anything, you're going to get in what you put out. And with time being limited as a parent, the at-home option can be helpful. But to be honest, I like the studio. I like to get out of the house. I like the loud music. I like the community. Let me know what you prefer. Reach out to me on Gmail at the DadFit Podcast on Gmail and on Twitter at the DadFit Podcast. I'm signing off. I want to say thanks one more time to my guest, Daisy. Please check out Tribal Wave and buy something. If not for you, get something for someone who works in healthcare and tell them it's on you. And thank you for being a superhero.